welcome back to another episode of Intoxicated. I'm your host, Kelsey Davies, and I am here with a very special guest. We got here my dad, my father, Outdoors PD, Perry Davies. Guys, he's here. Outdoors PD here. You are absolutely lucky, and so is Kelsey to be in my presence today. Is that your intro for every time you're on this podcast? Yes. <laughs> that should be your intro for like your YouTube videos. That is my life intro. Yeah, that's my dad's life intro. You guys wanted him back, so I brought him back. So thank you, dad, for joining us on the podcast. <laughs> he gets to experience the new equipment that we have. All right, dad, what is your intoxicated choice of the night? I had some... Vodka. And uh, I don't know what we smoked, but whatever it was. We had some alien labs. We had, um, I am also super high. That is also my intoxicated choice of the night is Alien Labs Zeno. Premium indoor flower. Zeno is 35% cannabinoids, 30% THC. Um, and it's, I don't know why I'm reading it. I, I'm trying and to figure out what strain it is. Flower. I think it's a hybrid or something. I don't really buy a lot of sativas because they do get me a little bit anxious, but like hybrids are a good middle ground. How do you feel on it? You like it? He's also drinking a Truly. A pineapple lemonade, hard seltzer, Truly, guys. Oh, Refreshes like, like no other. Yeah, yeah. This sounded like my um little... <gasps> that the thingy I, I grabbed from Imagine Dragons. Mm. That's the first thing I thought of. I was like, what's a yeah. good weed sound? There it is. It's right <laughs> there. <gasps> uh, it's like the best one, you know? Like mm -hmm. it totally fits. It just fits it you on know, this if podcast. You change the end to like. <laughs> oh, like a little cough at would, the end? Yeah, like the. <gasps> uh, <laughs> Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah, I'm talking I thought about. you meant, <gasps> and then like. <clears throat> no, you kinda like. I thought it would be like too much, you know. Yeah. I didn't want to make it like too extra. Like I just wanted to make it like a little, like just a little, you know, a little mm, magic. Wow. Right? Yeah. Wow. Exactly. Great. Yeah. Me I mean, too. Like we are leaving for Japan tomorrow, guys. Tomorrow, tomorrow as we're recording tomorrow. this podcast, um, as I'm posting this podcast, we are currently in Japan. Don't know where we're at right now, but we're having a great old time, guys. So I'm really excited. Um, we're not going to be high because it's illegal. You can't bring in marijuana to that's Japan, why and we are not even going to no, consider that so. no that's why i decided to do this podcast the night before we leave so that it, we can be intoxicated i guess we could have like sake what yeah. is it out there you know we could have some alcohol they out have, there they have sake and then they have oh this is in sapporo they have this jar with a deadly snake in it it's been soaking in alcohol for like 50 years or whatever like an actual snake? An actual deadly snake. That's crazy. Yeah. So we're going to make sure that we at least get a little sippy of that because one of my friends had it and he said it was a different uh, kind of drunk. Oh, so, okay. Yeah. A different kind of drunk, yeah. but weed's illegal. Makes so much sense, right? Yeah. <laughs> Definitely makes sense. Um, 
I'm not even going to get into that because you guys know my stance you on it. You can do shots of snake venom, but, uh, but don't uh, smoke the Yeah, don't weed. smoke a f- something that grows out of our earth that has been smoked for generations by Native Americans and, you know, just... But, but alcohol's okay. Alcohol's but, fine. But, but we we've were, never killed anyone, pretty much. You know, like, but alcohol? Eh, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, we were told that when you go through customs, they run they dog check. through and not to bring a Yes, so for my stoners out there, if you're going to Japan, be very careful with that I stuff. I guess it's a 17-day lockup before the judge even talks to you. That's what I read. Because I was just like, damn, really? Like, we can't bring weed to Japan? That sucks. But yeah. We'll be all right. Yeah. Just no, we'll be all really right. drunk. Yeah. <laughs> I have to take my peps at AC because I have the Asian glow from my mom's. Uh, they're, they're Chinese and Korean on that side of the family. And I got the best of that part of the Asian glow, which is being allergic to alcohol. So that's fun. <laughs> So I don't get to enjoy the luxury of, like, just enjoying alcohol, which is why I smoke weed. Another reason. I'm sorry that you and your daughter, or my, uh, you and your sister, let's start that again. Sorry (laughs) that you and your sister did not inherit the alcoholic gene from me. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, we're going to get into haunted Japan. Japan is so freaking haunted. There's so many things out there. Like when we went to Thailand, we experienced a lot of crazy, just things that I've never, like energy I've never even felt before. It was just old ancient energy and that whole bike accident and stuff was pretty crazy with the cave. If you guys want to listen to that, I do have it on my YouTube channel, an entire video. If you just type in like Kelsey Davies, Thailand, it'll probably come up. It says, was she cursed or something? I think it was like uh, cursed in Thailand. Yes. Something cursed like in that. Thailand is the video because I think she was, I don't yeah, know. It was, it was legit, weird. And you pred- predicted the whole thing and it happened and it was just so weird to go back and watch it on video. Yeah. You know that you knew it was going to happen. Yeah. No, it's creepy, <laughs> creepy shit. So I'm well, hoping she had surgery and everything. So she didn't just like wreck on a bike and scrape her knee or whatever. She was jacked up. Yeah, that was pretty traumatizing, honestly. Like, so if you guys didn't see that, I did predict an entire bike accident and it was just like super, I think it was supernatural. Like, I I don't know. She explained it as if the bikes just started slipping. And this was after we left the super haunted cave where this dark entity that I think was here before even humans, like this dark, just massive energy confronted me and I felt this pain in my right shoulder and I was just holding it gripping it. I was like my right shoulder like is on fire like it hurts yeah and then she didn't want to ride her bike because she said it was going to crash yeah so Noki who's the girl we're talking about rode her bike and hit a truck and completely separated her Ooh. shoulder that was and, awful freaking hit it on the head man <laughs> not only did she wreck the bike that I you wish wouldn't I ride but she uh, landed on the shoulder that you predicted i know i thought it was gonna be me that's like that's why i you know even was like okay with her riding the bike because i it wasn't clear i thought it was gonna be me crashing it maybe it, what if i crashed and died what if it would have been worse because she was more experienced on them than me yeah, you know what i, I mean know. but it was crazy it's still 
Not yeah, so good, it's so. still not good, but she's going to Japan with us. So you guys will see an update on her. You guys get to see her healed shoulder and everything, and she'll yeah. be better on this trip. She'll be able to go without being in pain. That was really, she, she was, was a was trooper. A trooper Holy shit. I would have gone home. There's no way. I would have been done. That was it. That would have been my vacation. So they literally took her to the hospital. My phone was dead. Remember that? So yeah. I dropped Kelsey off and I'm like, I got to go back to the hotel because we were only a couple miles away from the hotel. I'm like, I got to. Oh, and I made you put on that I helmet. Gotta, I got to charge up my phone for like 15 minutes so I can get GPS coordinates and find the hospital that they took her to because they took off without me. And they didn't speak English. <laughs> so, so we um, couldn't even. I was going to ride with them, but they just took off. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so when I got to the, uh, the hotel and I was charging it up, she called me and was like, I'm in a cab coming back. And I was like, what? They stuck her in a cab. What do you mean you're in a, like, wait. And she said, it, she tried to explain it to me, but her English was really bad back then. And now it's pretty good. But yeah. um, she was just like, no good. You know, so, she, so I'm like, okay. So she shows up at the hotel and I see her down at the pool because I'm looking down at the balcony waiting for her. So I go down, you know, to help her out and help her up to the hotel room and, and uh, I'm like, all right, I'll, you know, like change your bandages tomorrow or whatever, you know. And she pulls her shirt down and it's still just fatty tissue. They didn't even wash her shoulder. Yeah. Well, it's Thailand. Like, their medical is she not She was as like, oh, no, good. they take picture and then send me away. <laughs> That's it wasn't awful. broken. And her collarbone is up here. And there's she's just got fatty tissue and blood and, you know, so I... Had to like clean her up, which was not a big deal, but I was just like, damn, they, yeah, they just like sent that? her home. That's just their medical care. I guess, yeah. It's pretty crazy. It's like, so ugh. anyway, she she survived. Yeah. I took care of her. Granted, the, the whole next day, she was just in bed the whole day. Yeah. She oh, yeah. Move. But the day after that, we met up with you guys on the island and she was just like, yeah, she was doing her thing. I had it on video too. She's just she there just with her sling on the boat. Complain once, once. Not once. I couldn't believe. And I was in the room with her and she just was, like, yeah, not going to live in her and life. I'm like, damn, man, that looks like I can't imagine. You know, anytime you hurt tough something, lady, up here, tough lady, you know, that pain always just radiates up into your brain whenever you do like a collarbone injury. Or, yeah. You know, and I know she, I knew she was just Oh, she'll have a better time this time though. You're taking her to Disneyland. And yeah, she's gonna. She's never. She didn't even know what Disneyland was when I asked her, and I was like, "What?" I said, "Have you ever been to amusement park?" And no. She didn't know what that was. And so crazy. Did you ever ride on a roller coaster? She knew what that was, but she was like, "No." And I'm like, "Oh my god, I gotta take." Yeah, her. you got to. We're she'll have to, so much fun. We're gonna go to Disney Sea with Kelsey mm. and Drew. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, we're going to go into ANA Flight 58. Mm. What flight are we flying? What is it, NH-125? What flight are we flying? Oh, to? ANA. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. so we're flying. We know, are flying this exact. is my favorite airline. It's crazy. It's really Asia. cool. I had like, they, I don't know. There was something that happened back in the day. I didn't even know about this. Like I was just looking for haunted places to go to in Japan. And the one that popped up was this memorial forest. It's like this whole forest that's super haunted. And a lot of people believe they are like, it's haunted by the victims of this flight who died and crashed in that spot. 
So like in the forest, I guess they crash. So that whole forest is said to be haunted by the victims of the plane crash, which is so crazy. Okay, so I'm gonna go into it a little bit. So ANA flight 58 was a Japanese domestic flight from Sapporo to Tokyo, which we're going to Sapporo to, we're taking that exact flight. Yeah. I think we're even flying ANA. I don't know. I think I we're literally remember. taking that Probably. flight. We were flying ANA. I don't remember what Which is crazy. I didn't even know this. Like, this just <laughs> happened. And I was like, oh, my God, this fucking plane crashed. Like, I've already been on a plane that caught on fire. Now it's fucking crashed. Oh, yeah. It was just nuts. So <laughs> I had a moment and I was like panicking a little bit, but let's read into it. So better to burn out than fade away. Oh, I yeah. I just, I, I want to live. Go. I do want to live. <laughs> All right. So this flight was operated by ANA on the 30th of July, 1971, 2.04 p.m. local time, a Japanese air self-defense force, an F-86 Sabre jet fighter? Mm -hmm. Yeah, collided. F-86 was standard issue for the United States and their allies, which Japan at that time was back in... In the 70s. Yeah, it was back during Vietnam and stuff. Yeah. I think so, they even... I don't know, maybe somebody can correct this, but I think they even flew them in the Korea, Korean War. So mm -hmm. F-86 was basically like a bottle of kerosene. Really? With a pilot on top and wings <laughs> if Jeez. you look at the fighter it's just like a bottle of freaking gasoline really? that, i didn't even know what that is like, okay so it that jet fighter collided with the boeing 727 airliner operating mm. the flight causing both the aircraft to to crash all 162 people aboard the airliner were killed while the Sabre pilot, a trainee with the JS, JASDF, yeah. freed himself from his airplane thing. after good the collision and parachuted to safety. Mm -hmm. But then all 100 people, oh, that's just crazy. The incident led to the resignation of both the head of Japan's defense agency and JASDF chief of staff. Well, you know, he, I mean, I didn't read anything about it, but. Yeah. And I could be totally wrong, but you just got to think that you're driving a fighter. They're in a freaking airliner. It's probably your fault if you're driving the fighter. Yeah. And he must have been just Not messing around. Uh, he was probably, I don't know. I'd have to like. Yeah, read, read into it. it. I'm just going to assume that he was probably just playing around next to the airliner. And yeah. It's pretty Didn't crazy. So I'm staying in a hotel that is four minutes away from where this plane crashed. So I'm staying there and then we're going to go there. I guess none of the locals want to go there at night because of the spirits. The spirit activity is just so intense. You think about it. There's all these restless souls. Maybe we'll be or I'll be able to help some of them cross over. I don't know. Maybe I'll be able to help like some of them realize what's going on. Because like to be lost and just die in such a tragic incident on a plane i feel like that's like a horrible way because you're on your way somewhere you're excited to go somewhere you're i don't know and then you just like mid-flight it's just everything's gone it just has to be yeah. confusing like when you are on the other side it has to be so confusing what just happened i was just on my way to this place and now what what now i would imagine that probably most of the spirits that are floating around were 
left behind by some type of violent ending, you know, something like that, where they didn't have time to um, prepare. Yeah. Mentally prepare, you know, whatever you got to do. Like a lot of people succumb, you know, if you've got cancer at the end, you, you're finally at peace with yourself, you know. Right. I'm not, I'm not speaking from experience, but just from yeah, what yeah. I've witnessed at least. And I would think that in an instance like this, when you're violently thrown into some to an ending that your brain is still trying to wrap itself around what's right. happening. That's the that energy at the when end. When you die, that energy is just left festering. So. Right. So I, I really hope that maybe some of them can come forward. I can help some of them. Um, there's, there's a lot of places like that though. There's a lot of tragic places in Japan, specifically forests. Another one is the, um, I don't know if I'm saying this right. Akogi Gahara suicide forest, which yeah, is, I think they just call it the suicide. forest. Yeah. It's, I think it's in, in Akogi. I think it's technically called the, <laughs> the Kogi Gahara forest, but it's like the base of Mount Fuji, isn't it? Yeah. It's or close to Fuji, but it has as many as a hundred, um, suicide victims every year in this forest, like oh, for yeah. decades and de centuries, maybe this forest has been just the place, which is so interesting. Cause a lot of Japanese, they have rituals when it comes to like unaliving themselves. There were like rituals, like uh, seppuku, right? Is that, that's like that ritual they yeah. do. They, they grab a sword, they die in like an honorary way. It's like an, an honor, right? It's like they die with honor. Yeah. Even if they want to it end. It looks horrible, but yeah. Yeah. It's just like the Japanese tradition. Like that's just what it's been is like a ritual. So this forest being known for what it is, is like a ritual. Like people would go there to do that. Okay. I'm not going to do it here. That's disrespectful. That's not that like this signifies my honor and going out in a way that all these other people have gone. Yeah. I mean, what a, you know, I mean, that's a, just this seems like an incredibly sad place. Yeah, no, it's really awful. So it says, for some visitors, this forest is a place of unbridled beauty and serenity. Hikers look for a challenge that can wade through dense... Wait, this person wrote weird. Hikers looking for a challenge can wade through dense thickets of trees, knotted roots, and rocky ground to access the amazing views of Mount Fuji. They said that right, Mount Fuji. <laughs> I'm like so bad at pronouncing this. Ah! Okay. School children sometimes visit on field trips to explore the region's famous ice caves. So this is a place that like people go on. It's like a very well-known place that's respected. Um, but it's also a little eerie. The trees have grown so much closer together that visitors spend much of their time in semi-darkness. So all the trees just tr kind of started covering all of the light. You know, so it is a dark place. It is like genuinely a dark place to go energy wise and, you know, without the sun. The gloom is relieved only by the occasional stream of sunlight from gaps in the treetops. What most people who come to Japan suicide forest say they remember is the silence. Beneath fallen branches and decaying leaves, the forest floor is made of volcanic rock, cooled lava from Mount Fuji's massive 864 eruption 864 eruption 
The stone is hard and porous, full of tiny holes that eat the noise. In the stillness, visitors say every breath sounds like a roar. It's a quiet, solemn place, and it has seen its share of quiet, solemn people. Though reports have been deliberately obfuscated (laughs) in recent years, it is estimated that as many people, as many as 100 people take their own lives in the forest every single year. I know they've had a few years where it was over 200, so. In the 1960s, when the forest's long tangled history with suicide began, so it started in the 60s then, is when like a lot of, things started happening. Isn't that around like, no, that's not the Great Depression. What what era was this? Chelsea. I'm like, I can't. I just cannot. I can't. I'm really high and I can't. I can't do it. <laughs> Silence. You're like 30 years away from the Great Depression. <laughs> So when I met, I meant to do that one. <laughs> I know it's in the. I know that's what I'm asking. The Great Depression was before and kind of during World War II. Yeah, but I'm asking okay, what era this World, was. Please tell me you know when World War II was. Yeah, you can even. There, it went on for years. You can even hit any of those years. Please just tell me, just like throw like one the of them 30s? out there. The twenties? No. World War II. I'm really high. Oh my god. I'm god really high. Anyways, let's keep going. <laughs> all right, so the forest. Back to the forest. <laughs> or we were were we done in the forest? I don't even remember. I was just going into. Okay, so it started in the 60s. That's around the time that people started going into the forest and doing what they needed to do. But later, as it started building up, I think hikers and stuff started witnessing weird, like, things. They started finding bodies as well. Like, a lot of people have found bodies out there. A lot of, like, YouTubers and stuff I've seen, you know, have found bodies. Like, if you walk in there, you are, there's a, percent chance a high percent chance i think that you might find something and that's pretty scary to me i like want to go see the forest just to like i don't know just to see it you know out of curiosity but like to walk inside of it and like i don't know if i could do it i just don't know it might be just too dark for me yeah it seems like a dark place i mean those people definitely deserve their peace yeah for sure and their tranquility and hopefully the place that they chose to unalive themselves gives them them that it seems like it's not really isolated to japan though every country even every state has like like we have the suicide bridge um, yeah down in uh, mission viejo no and, pasadena or, oh there's pasadena yeah oh, okay so there's a suicide bridge in pasadena um i know when i was working in um new york I was at the Syracuse Mall. I think it's, I don't remember what the name of the mall is, but um, evidently it was really popular for people to kill themselves in the mall and they jump off like the fourth floor of the atrium. Oh my God. So they During a, a mall day? So they had a security guard on each floor when I was there. This was a long time ago and I guess it's gotten worse now. Now it's blocked off. Uh, but they had a security guard on each floor, and that, that's how I found out. I asked one of the security guards, and he was like, yeah, this is like a 
suicide spot, you know. Isn't that weird? So that it like seems to be like people are just gravitated towards energy a wise certain area or something. Because like there's other people who do that other places, but why does it all start happening in one spot? Is what I want to know. Like that energy just attracts the. I don't know. I even feel like some people have maybe gone into the forest were fine. And then felt that need because of the energy. Maybe they were affected by it so much that they were like, wow, I don't, I'm not in my right mind. I need to, you know, do this. That's what scares me too. Yeah. So well, you never know. Like when you go into places that are so haunted and have so much like dark energy like that or like sad energy, you feel it. You just experience it. Like, especially me, it's just like no other, you know, it's especially if you have psychic gifts or you feel things more than other people. If you're feeling that way, make sure that you reach out to somebody, even if it's somebody that you don't know and communicate with them, because there's a lot of people out there that can relate to you and help you through that. Yeah, you're not alone. Just know that. Okay, I want to go into some other haunted places. There's the Whispering Tunnel in Inukane Pass Tunnel. Tunnels can be scary places even without the association of ghosts and ghouls. The dark and dingy structures are perfect for wrongdoings, and that's what happened to a young girl a few decades ago. The girl was murdered and was never laid to rest peacefully and has been said to haunt the tunnel ever since what? making How it- she murdered? I don't know, making it one of the most haunted places in Japan. A visitor to the tunnel will hear whispering and gibberish, but mostly hear the word stop. Oh, we got to go there. Stop. Stop. Asking them to not to venture further ahead. Those who dare often feel a presence poking, shoving, prodding them, and it's unlikely that they will ever cross the length of the tunnel. Damn. So you can't even cross the whole tunnel. Does it say how long the tunnel is? No. I'm not sure. That's pretty creepy, though. I don't know where that is. Japan's really big. I wanted to go to Nagoro, the the village of dolls, but it's so south. Like, that would be a whole other trip. Yeah, I I think that you could probably easily spend... 45 days in Japan just touring yeah. around, yeah. It's big. There's a lot to, there's a lot of places. Like, I want to go to some of these haunted places, but they're so far apart from each other. I had to get another flight just for, like, that one forest. Yeah. You know, it's pretty crazy. But we are going to the ice festival. Yeah, and Sapporo. Go- yeah, so the Sapporo Ice Festival starts on February 4th, and then I think it ends on the 11th. So we arrive on the 4th, so we're there on, like, day and i guess the amount of time that they put into these ice sculptures is off the charts well yeah i could only imagine supposed to be just ridiculous everybody i've talked to like one of my buddies my electrician back in mammoth said that he could have spent a couple weeks just in sapporo right that it's a really cool town. Yeah, it looks really cool. I'm really excited. You guys will be able to see it all on my vlog. Like I'll have a long vlog just like I did in Thailand. I love doing these vlogs and just sharing what we do because we do so many cool things rather well, than yeah. just the paranormal stuff. Like and there's a lot gonna, of cool stuff. we're going to go to Disney Sea. Disney Sea. And I'm definitely, so I definitely got to freaking film that. Like the adult version of Disney, I guess. I don't know. I guess it's badass though. Yeah. One of the ladies that I was doing a job for with my construction worked for Disney for 30 years. 
And she said, even if you're not a Disney person, you've got to go to Disney in Tokyo and make sure that you go to Disney Sea. She said, it's just something you have to experience in life. It's yeah. just so animated and pristine and like just such a mental no, their trip technology is like a lot better than ours they have some technology that we do not have so they have some crazy shit out there okay let's go into moral dilemma are you ready yeah go ahead. okay you are taking a very important exam to become a doctor you are stumped by question number 14 you know that you knew the answer at, you know that you knew the answer at one point but it just isn't coming to you now do you A, cheat by glancing at the person next to you? You are pretty sure you won't get caught and doctors look up stuff they don't know all the time. Or B, get the question wrong and risk not passing this very important test. This could be a career ending move. Think of all the stuff you bought on that line of credit. Well, well for me, that's easy. I'm going to just answer what I think it is. And if I don't get it right, then I don't get it right. I have to go back and take the test a year later than I got to take the test a year later, but yeah, I'm not cheating. I feel like I would, I feel so guilty. Like I remember I tried cheating in like first grade and stuff. Some and like, people love cheating. I couldn't do it. And they just get off on it. Dude, it literally eats me alive. I've like, I cannot lie. It eats me alive. It's so bad. I have so much anxiety around it. Like if I cheated, I would like be so mortified with myself. I would be so mad at myself. I would, I would just have to, like, with my own sanity, I would just need to do what I thought was right and do my own freaking answer, some even people, if it's wrong. Some people feel better. I failed a lot of lie. tests in high school. That's for fucking sure. Like they, some people have to lie just to feel better and normal. Oh, I've met themselves. those people. I know. It's actually so insane. <laughs> it's actually insane. Like, yeah. people are crazy. I don't get it. I don't get it. All right. Next. Okay. Um, <laughs> you are on a lovely camping trip with your family. You are startled awake in the middle of the night by a Sasquatch raiding your campsite. Do you have two children and a spouse? You figure that you can create a distraction by leaving one of your family members behind while the rest of your family escapes. Do you a choose the ugly kid? Or B, choose your spouse. It's well, moral would, dilemma. You have to pick A or B. Oh, really? Yep. I wouldn't do either. But exactly. I would stand and take my punishment or whatever. Um, <laughs> well, I guess I'd have to leave the spouse because the kids are above and beyond everything. Yeah, know? they just have a lot to but lose. I would too. literally. Well, they um, both do. I would literally just fight until I was dead. And hopefully that was enough to get them. To safety or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I would definitely choose the ugly kid. Just kidding. <laughs> no. I would choose the spouse because, like, I know when I have kids, it's just going to be my entire fucking world. Yeah, and that's the unwritten rule, man. Well, you know. And like, they haven't lived their life. They haven't experienced as much life as the spouse would. So, like, like you know I wouldn't pick either, but fuck, it's moral dilemma. You got to pick one. So I mean... I think everybody knows that when they get married. I mean, I think Kim knew that when we got married, if anything ever happened, it would be her and the kids first. Yeah. Know? And if we were walking across the street and I happened to have 
one hand holding you and one hand holding Kaylee, and I had to get out of the way of a truck, I'm not going to let go of your hands. I'm taking you guys off the street. Yeah. You know, and if Kim got hit, then, you know, but I think we knew that. That's a, that's kind of an understanding that I believe all good parents have. Yes. <laughs> there's some shit parents out there. Yeah, no, there's... <laughs> Goddamn. <laughs> there's a lot of really bad parents out there, you know, and the sad part is, is there's no... You don't have to go to school to be a parent. You just... It's... You just have a just kid a and then you're just person. a parent. And everybody just assumes that everybody's the best and they know what they're doing. But, you know, just like any job, you got to get trained. And these people... Yeah, no, there's some really bad parents out there. Why? I don't get why people are just such shit. Like, some people are just fucking assholes. But, like, just be a good fucking person. It's not that hard. It's really not that hard. I don't get it. I'm all on a tangent. I'm all mad. You're a bad person. Go change yourself. Change it. You can change now. You can change your hair and you can change your clothes. <laughs> okay, ready? Last one. You are walking in the woods and come across an extraterrestrial being. It offers a choice. Do you A, choose to be enlightened on the meaning of life or B, choose to gain the knowledge necessary to provide a cure for all illnesses? That's tough. Yeah. So it's a tough one. Yeah, I'm going to have to go with the uh, all enlightening knowledge of the universe. Yeah. Because I think with that knowledge, I could help them to develop a cure for all illnesses, but. That's yeah. my exact answer, too. Literally. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to be selfish on that one. Yeah. It's not oh selfish, God. though. How you choose your own? Gratitude, but if you knew the meaning, the world, but oh if my you God, truly, people in the world anyways. you can help so many people, but if you truly knew the meaning of life and like knew it and could help others know it and could, you could save lives. I think, listen, I think <laughs> I, I'm going to talk here. For All right, here we go. Because yeah. I think that we're in such a quagmire with trying to protect people and 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 hope that they and hope that they're raised the proper way and keep them all alive but we've but we've completely ignored what's really happening right here and that is people are fucking miserable <laughs> there's a lot of really miserable people out there here. are there are and we need to let things just shake out every once in a while you know i mean I mean, having diseases and having famine and having all of the horrible things that happen to you in life are part of the growing process and the surviving process. And every time we take another thing away and away and away and we just keep pulling things away, now you don't have to worry about water. You can go to the freaking sink and get water. You don't have to worry about your sewage. You don't have to worry about transportation. You don't have to worry about shit anymore. We just keep pulling away so much stuff that that all that's gone now for these people, which is normally part of your growing process. It's just taken away. And now we're just left with everybody just 
free rising instead of free falling. They're just free rising into this oblivion of, I don't know. They're just, people are just going fucking nuts, man. They're people just so nuts. sensitive. And I mean, yeah. it's just ridiculous right now. Welcome back. All right. We had a little break, a little yeah, hiatus nice there. Advertisement. Had to you smoke to, some weed. You guys got to watch an advertisement. Yeah, there was an advertisement. Maybe right there. I want to go quickly into Ut. Utusuro boot. Okay, it's hollow ship. I'm not even gonna try. It's hollow ship. If I did Japanese very badly, I apologize. Okay. The Utsuru Foon <laughs> it was an unknown object that allegedly washed ashore in 1803 in Hitachi province on the eastern coast of Japan. When defining Utsuro boon, think I got it. I think that was it. The boon me part means boat. Okay, so if we need a boat in Japan, remember boon. Okay, but wait, what? what, what okay, hold what on. Washed okay. on shore? Wait, what? Hold on. <laughs> well, utsuro means empty or hollow. So hollow shit. Okay, it's just going into the name. Hold on. Okay, but look at this picture. So oh. according to legend, an attractive young woman really? aged 18. That looks to like a spaceship. Exactly. Aged 18 to 20 years old arrived on a local beach aboard oh the hollow ship on February 22nd, 1803. Fishermen brought her inland to investigate further, but the woman was unable to communicate in Japanese. So she didn't even speak Japanese, was not a native to the land. I'm definitely interested. She was very different from anyone else there. The fishermen then returned to her, returned her to her vessel. Wait, the fishermen then returned her and her vessel to the sea where it drifted away. Historians, ethnologists, and uh, physicists such as Kazo Tanaka and Yanagita Kunayo, <laughs> Yanagita Kunayo have evaluated the legend of the hollow boat as part of a long standing tradition within Japanese folklore. Alternatively, certain UFOologists, UFOologists, is that a thing? Okay. Have claimed that yeah. the story represents evidence for a close encounter with extraterrestrial life. Sure. So what do you think? Do you think it was just a lady on a ship that looks like a freaking spaceship? Or do you think that um, she was, you know, not from this earth? I think at this point, if you're in the denial of UFOs and their existence, then you're just fixated on greater belief so you're having a hard time comprehending that but well, the pentagon literally released documents and saying ufos <laughs> like these people aren't crazy guys ufos are real i i've seen them and i believe it so. yes i've seen them too do you think like some people are able to see ufos more than others I'm not sure. I think just people that spend a lot of time outside looking up, eventually you're going to see something. I've talked to a couple Air Force pilots yeah, that were friends of the uh, mutual families, and they both were like, yeah, I mean, there's stuff up there. It's basically what they said without saying anything more. So. Yeah, for sure. 
I mean, I don't know if I feel like they're allowed to say more, but sometimes they're really not allowed to they say are anything now. But they are now. Well, the Pentagon like then. said it, so now they're. Allowed. But so the Pentagon the gave 90s. us like little, little like oh here, yes, there's UFOs. They're giving us little tiny details, but they know so much more. They're not fucking gonna tell us. No. No, they're not gonna do it. Well, it doesn't. I don't. I I firmly believe that. They are dishing it out very slowly. Yeah. Because. Because we have to process. Yeah, like, because most people are going to have a really hard time processing that. Yeah. And, and it could send a lot of organizations and groups into a tailspin. Yeah, that's true. You know, they just, it would, it would literally throw a wedge into everything that they've believed up until this point right. and force them to have to go back and reconfigure their beliefs. So they have to be careful. They have to walk lightly. Yeah, for sure. I mean, with any, I don't know. I feel like I hope one day they just come out and are like, Ghosts are like a thing, guys. Ghosts are a thing, you know, because like there's so many people who are just called crazy and all this stuff, like people who see UFOs and experience things were called crazy and all these horrible things. And then the Pentagon comes out. Oh, yeah, they're, they're real. Everyone. Uh, oh, oh, maybe they're not crazy. Like <laughs> the CIA has like over two million recorded documents of psychics. Did you know that? Yeah. Over 2 million recorded documents, like with psychic gifts, and they use psychics to spy on like other countries. The CIA used to, like, or they still probably do. But then they're like, oh no, it's not a thing, blah, blah, blah. But it's because of exactly what you just said. It's pretty crazy. I hope one day they're like, yo, ghosts are real. And then everyone's like, oh shit. Wow, I called that person crazy. Maybe they weren't fucking crazy. God damn. Yeah, it's it's hard to get somebody who believes in something and they're so entrenched with their beliefs to But keep an open, open mind. Yeah. Just keep it open. Like believe what you want, believe whatever you want, literally, but just keep your mind open. That's all I ask. It's not that much to ask people. Like, just keep an open mind to other people and their beliefs. It's not hard. Okay, well, okay, last time you were on here, we talked about the Big Bang Theory. What do you, What else oh. do you want to say about the Big Bang Theory? Well, I mean... Because you had a lot to say last time, and I asked him, I was like, okay, what do you want to talk about this time? He's like, I want to go back into the Big Bang Theory and, like, where it all started. Why are you so curious about... Well, I'm, I'm not, like not curious about it but like what is so intriguing to you about all of it i just i'm no einstein and he did his due diligence and put forth his formulas and everything and basically mapped out the big bang theory but i feel like because time has no beginning and no end that even if there was a big bang it was a speck of dust in what's going on in the actual universe. Um, I don't believe at all that the Big Bang was the beginning of everything. Of everything or the universe at all. I think that 
if you took the Big Bang and multiplied it times infinity, that means there is no end, that those same circumstances would occur all over the universe because it's it's infinite. It goes on yeah. forever. So when you look at our solar system and then you back out and you see our galaxy and then you back out further and you see the millions of galaxies that are and, out there, yeah. they're traveling in different directions. So they've established that they are traveling different directions right. just in the last couple of years they're like okay they're traveling like this galaxy's going this way and this galaxy's you know like they're on different trajectories so crazy so the the notion that we all came from the same big bang experience doesn't make any sense because we should be traveling outwards or in the same direction and not different directions so that means that there are other galaxies passing through so in my brain and again whatever this is worth um you've got our galaxy you've got a million galaxies when you pull back from those million galaxies it's a mega galaxy so it's a galaxy just like our galaxy except every star is replaced by another galaxy so it's just this mega galaxy and then when you pull back from that, that little mega galaxy is part of like a helix string in space. You know, there's, there's a billion mega galaxies and it just, it just goes on forever. And it's just so hard. I can't even wrap my mind around to it. To wrap their minds I around. I can't. I literally don't have the the knowledge to, to wrap my mind because around it. Because that little helix galaxy that I was just talking about, which consists of billions of galaxies, and each galaxy consists of billions of stars. But then people are like, we're the only ones here. That, like, are that, you joking? That one helix strain is part of... An infinite spider web. Yeah, And then you zoom out of that spider web and there's more and it just, and then maybe that, maybe there's a hundred million of those spider webs and you zoom out even further and and it's just this giant super mega galaxy that everything is rotating around. And we don't know, you know, but I have a really hard time believing that there's an end to anything. You get right. to the end, then what happens, you know? Or the beginning. Okay, so there was a big well, bang. Well, that's human well, what knowledge. Was before that. Right. There's always a before and there's always an after. We can't control time. Time is infinite. infinite. Time is infinite. That's all I have to say about that. Oh, wow. All right. I don't even know what to say. I just wanted to go into how like our human brains literally cannot process anything other than what like, you know, what we have as scientists because it's from human brains. So because our knowledge, we're limited. Because it's it's painful for some people to think about like they're. But we cannot, we physically cannot think further. We right. cannot. You try to process infinity and we your can't. mind actually has only what 80 90 years of infinity yeah so even our minds as hard as we try to process infinity are limited to how long we're alive yeah 
So it's hard for us to even process that. But I think that other alien species, maybe they're more developed or more advanced. So they are able to think differently and are able to communicate differently. Like the way I communicate with spirits is almost telepathic. Like it's like a different way of communicating that we can't understand as humans because we're so used to this. But other people like it's so interesting. Like when I'm with a spirit, it's it's not like they're like, blah, 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 blah. Like <laughs> they'll do that, but it's like in a weird telepathic way. It's so, it, it's like a feeling, it's emotions. It's like you share that energy and that connection. I feel like other species would be able to do that of like alien life forms. Yeah. You know, that's the best way I can explain it. And we will get into that in the next episode of Intoxicated. Thank you guys so much for watching and or listening. Make sure you guys check us out. We are on everywhere that you stream podcasts. We're also on YouTube, K-E-L-S-I-D-A-V-I-E-S. And yours is... Outdoors PD. And he's going to post YouTube, on YouTube. Outdoors PD. Now, if you want to find me on TikTok and see some really good videos... It's Perry Davies. Perry Davies, guys. You heard it here yep. first. Please like and subscribe. I'm trying to get to 2,000 subscribers. Woo! Yeah, rock. you are. Yay. <laughs> and, oh, I forgot how long that one was. Okay. <laughs> All right. We, <laughs> and I will catch you guys in the next episode. Stay woke, everyone. Woo!